This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, indeed it is. It is Fox Across America, but not with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's on the road this weekend. He's in Spokane, Washington. He's appearing at the Spokane Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. If you live in the area and you want to see the champ, you can get tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. Meanwhile, it's me, Paul Gleiser, from Tyler Longview here in beautiful East Texas, sitting in for Jimmy. We have a big show coming up later this hour. We have Representative Kevin Hearn from the 1st Congressional District of Oklahoma. Kevin serves the people of Tulsa and the surrounding area. You folks listening on Fox Across America affiliate KRMG there in Tulsa will want to take particular note. At the bottom of hour two, we have Cassie Garcia. She's a Republican candidate for the House of Representatives here in Texas's 28th district, which starts just east of San Antonio and goes all the way down south to the U.S.-Mexico border. Cassie's looking to unseat longtime Democrat Henry Cuellar in a district that's been solidly Democrat since uh, since forever. And then in the third hour, we have Tom Holman, former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement under President Trump, and he's now a Fox News contributor. And, of course, we have you. I love to take calls. Whenever I fill in for Jimmy, I want to hear from you. The number is 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. As you know, if you listen to talk radio, every talk show has been running the countdown clock for the midterm elections. Earlier this year, we were counting down in months. That recently changed to counting down in weeks. Today, the countdown unit drops to days. We're down to 11 days until we see which direction the country will take smack dab here in the middle of the Biden presidential term. And the Dems are nervous. Here's what I think the midterms are really about. In my lifetime, there have been seven Republican presidents and six Democrats. That's a pretty even split. Since 1995, following the Newt Gingrich-led Republican takeover of the Congress, Republicans have had outright control of Congress eight times. Democrats have had control three times. There have been three occasions when one party controlled the House while the other party controlled the Senate. And all that's to say that a constant back and forth between Democrats and Republicans has pretty much defined American politics for over a century. I don't think it's that simple anymore. Somewhere back there, and I'm going to say it started in earnest during Bush the Elder's presidency, the contest quietly shifted from Democrats versus Republicans to elites versus the folks. 
It's almost as if new political parties got formed. And because it began gradually, and because the folks are busy going to work, feeding their families, educating their kids, and trying to put a little away for retirement, the folks were slow to notice. And as a result, the elites gained the upper hand, and they've had the upper hand for upward of four decades. For the most part, the elites are Democrats, but there are plenty of elite Republicans. For crying out loud, one of them was the GOP nominee in 2012. We have a lot for which we can thank the elites. We can thank them for having given, given us 30-plus trillion dollars in national debt, debilitatingly endless, costly foreign wars, a near-complete breakdown in public education, decaying cities, a wide-open southern border, rampant crime, a couple of near-economic collapses, and now crushing inflation. And all the while, the folks, and that means you, and that means me, I'm one of the folks, we've had a time of it. Except for an all-too-brief but altogether great interlude during the last three years of Donald Trump's presidency, middle-class incomes failed to outpace inflation and aggregate American wealth declined. Now, that's not to say that no one got wealthy. A small cabal of mostly coastal, mostly Democratic elites got filthy rich, as anybody followed the Hunter Biden laptop story. The elites are a group, and they're divided into three subgroups. Those subgroups are, starting with, the political elite. The political elite hold leadership positions within the respective parties. Uh, on either side, they mouth the appropriate words to their respective bases, and they make all of the expected campaign promises. But in truth, when you boil them down, when you watch what they actually do as they hold office, their only real concern is the retention of power with a concomitant perks and financial rewards. The political elite are there to gain power and to get rich. Then you have the corporate elite. The corporate elite, our corporate elite used to be staunchly pro-American, staunch, staunchly capitalist, and pretty much staunchly conservative. Not so much anymore. The, the corporate elite have learned to work the system. They now use big government to their own benefit to further their own personal and financial interests. The corporate elite can promote leftist causes such as gender equity and critical race theory. Everybody remember the Disney story from earlier in the year. They can do all of that with the impunity of knowing that as a practical matter, you can't really take your business elsewhere. And then we have the cultural elite. The cultural elite control television, the movies, music, entertainment, theater, our primary and secondary schools, the universities, book publishing, and journalism, if you can still call it journalism. From their commanding heights, from the cultural commanding heights, the cultural elites can, can impose upon us a never-ending diet of liberal grievance, gay and gender grievance, racial grievance, environmental grievance, name your grievance. The cultural elite of the three groups of the elite perhaps are the most pernicious. And here's an example of how this plays out in the real world. More than 4 million, mostly poor, mostly unskilled, social services consuming migrants have illegally crossed our southern border since Joe Biden took office. And let's be ultimately fair to these people. Most of them just want a better life. But if only 2% of them, if only 2% 
are criminals. And if only 2% are doing such things as bringing in fentanyl and bringing in the mayhem of, of rape and murder and assault and all the things that criminals do, if only 2%, I don't think it's that low, but let's say it is, that's 80,000 criminals we've imported in two years since Joe Biden took office. Customs and Border protect, Protection is apprehending these migrants. They do some paperwork, and then they turn them loose into the interior of the country to await an immigration court hearing well into the future, for which the majority of them will never show up. And the Biden administration has been caught red-handed, loading them up on airplanes and flying them around the country in the dark of the night. Meanwhile, the flood is creating havoc in towns along the border, including here in Texas, and it's a huge story. But here's how the elite media deals with this huge story. According to the Media Research Center, which among other things, monitors the evening newscast of ABC, CBS, and NBC, the elite network news shows, the three networks together, added together, only managed 143 minutes of coverage of the crisis on the border in the entirety of the year that ended on September 30th. Do the math. An average is to less than a minute per day per network. In other words, they did all they could to ignore the fact that we have a massive flood of illegal immigrants on our southern border creating a whole long list of social problems. But when Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and Governor Greg Abbott of, of Texas sent a few thousand migrants out of more than four million in the two years of the, of the Biden presidency, these, these the two governors sent a few thousand migrants via bus to New York, Washington, and Chicago. The elite networks go nuts. Heck, when just 50 migrants were dropped off in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, the elite network news shows devoted 19 minutes of coverage to just that story in just two days. And all of this coverage was spent scorching Abbott and DeSantis, while next to none of it was spent discussing the culpability of the Biden administration in creating the very problem to which Abbott and DeSantis reacted in the first place. It's not even close to balanced. It's not even close to objective. And it's not even close to doing the American people the service that the news media is supposed to do, which is to make the American people informed so that they can make informed decisions when they step into the polling place. Here's another example, climate change. Climate change is an absolute obsession among the elites. But not so much for the folks. We're all busy trying to figure out how to make ends meet while retaining some hope of affording college tuition for our kids. Last month, it was on the 23rd of September, I was listening to the show. Jimmy had Charles McBee on the show, and Charles did a great job of contrasting the elite position on climate change from the folks' take on climate change. Here it is, Charles McBee. I don't actually know anybody who's not a really rich white person who yeah. cares about climate change. Do you? Uh, no. 
No, really, no, no, no. I say it's a white privilege issue. If we were ever going to talk, like prioritizing the weather in 30 years, you're in a really good place. There, we, and by we, some other place that I work at, uh, did a segment on this very thing mm-hmm. where we went to um, a very uh, some Long Island, uh, the Hamptons, uh-huh. and asked people about climate change. And then we went to Brooklyn <laughs> and asked people about climate change and got two very different responses. Yeah. If no you're privileged me. to be worried about climate, then you're doing great. Charles McBee with Jimmy Fallon last month. There's a, there's a growing body of evidence to suggest here as the midterms approach, and I think this is what the election's really about. There's a growing body of evidence, evidence to suggest that the folks have had it with the elites because they now can't afford gasoline and food at the same time, and they're ready uh, next week or week after next, a week from Tuesday, they're ready to make their displeasure unmistakably clear. And let's hope so. Because a time is short, the future of the republic's hanging in the balance, and it is time to restore the folks to the primal to the position of primacy that the folks are supposed to have in this country. What do you think? I'd love to. Hear, I'd love to get a call in before uh, here after the break, before the bottom of the hour. What do you think? Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. I'm Paul Gleiser from Proud. Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in for Jimmy today, and we're going to be back after this. Don't go away. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America on your Friday. You know, before the break, I'm talking about this election is not so much Democrats versus Republicans. It's the elites versus the folks. When I talk about elites, I'm going to give you an example. Here's Matthew Dowd on MSNBC, cut 29. I'm not calling, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens, Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote, Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, uh, you can, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy. And they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. That is my worry. If Obviously, the price of a hamburger, the price of milk, the, the price of gas is concerning. But what is what the, that is a short-term problem. The loss of a democracy will decimate everyone's freedom. Okay, in other words, if you worry about how you're going to pay your bills and you speak out about it, you're a Nazi. Because this is really how the elite media, the people in the elite corners of the country, this is really how they see us. It's really how they come at the world. 888-788-9910 to the phones. Lead off caller, Herb, Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. You're up on Fox Across America. Hello, Herb. Hello, Herb. Did we lose Herm? All right. Adam, Hempstead, Texas. Are you there? Hempstead, Texas. Yeah, man. Uh, I got to witness one of those uh, 
convoys. I guess uh, Governor Abbott was sending up up north. It uh-huh. was here at the local Walmart. Um, I guess my concern is is uh, I didn't see any kind of security around them to make sure they didn't go leave the bus, leave the bus stop. But I did notice they were all sitting on the side of the curb. I guess they were getting some fresh air before they got back on the road. Well, but, um, and, yeah. there's no security at the border. Once they're turned loose, they can go any place they want. They volunteer to get on the buses to go when they there. Nobody is is forcing them to get on on buses to go to New York or go to Martha's Vineyard or go to wherever um, Abbott and DeSantis send them. They do it voluntarily. There's no there's no security at all. Once uh, once Customs and Border Protection says, "Okay, be back here in February of 2026 uh, because you have to be in court," and then turns them loose. There's no security on them at all. I get it, man. I get it. I, hey, I, I went and I voted straight Republican ticket, voted for Abbott um, for that. But what I'm saying is uh, <laughs> I, I'm just worried about, hey, what if they decide not to get back on that bus and they stay here in my town? Yeah, well. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, but see, but here's the, here's the thing, Adam. That's your problem. It's not yeah. the problem. It's not the mayor of uh, of whatever town in Mar- Martha's Vineyard. It's not her yeah. problem. It's not. Oh, no. uh, it's it's not Eric Adams's problem in New York. That's your problem. So why should any of these people worry about you? Who the hell are you? That's exactly. that's really what I'm talking about here. That's what the monologue was about. It's the elites versus you, Adam. The folks. The elites exactly. don't care about the folks. Exactly, man. And we we got a kind of close in the community. You know, the public, Republicans, Democrats, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, who do elites care about? You know, the elites. <laughs> we we know who they care about. They care about the elites. And Adam, here's the thing. Here's here's what I keep coming back to. There was a time, and it wasn't that long ago. It was very fairly recently that there wasn't any disagreement on the need to to secure the border. It wasn't a partisan issue. Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, greenies, pretty everybody agreed that you can't have a wide open border any more than you can have a wide open, you can take the front door off its hinges of your house and just let anybody that wants to walk in. There was no dispute about that. And now here we are, four million people later, pouring into the country, and creating enormous financial burdens on small towns near the border. I mean, unbearable financial burdens close to the border, but creating burdens in New York. Just listen to, to Eric Adams, of the mayor of New York, squeal over the, his cost of dealing with a, a few thousand out of millions that uh, Greg Abbott has sent off to him. Just It's causing all kinds of problems, and we... It, it's become a partisan issue. Only Republicans maybe, want to deal with it. Maybe if we think like like that, uh, Mayor Adams up there, and uh, change our perception. It's all about perception, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's exactly that's exactly what what Abbott and DeSantis set out to do was change the perception by you know what did it take fifty. 50 people on a bus in oh-so-high-tone Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. 50 people. They Diversity is welcome here. Just don't stay. Because they, yeah. they were gone in less than a day. 
The people of Martha's Vineyard got them out of there. That's what I'm talking about, the elites versus the folks. And it's not as neatly defined as Republicans versus Democrats. It's, it, it's, it's much more, it's deeper than that. Hey, uh, Adam, I appreciate your call. You have a great day, all right? More of Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon is coming up after the break. Hope you'll stick around. Hey, 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 it's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America on a Friday. Jimmy will return on Monday. He's in Spokane, Washington tonight. He is uh, he has a gig, and you can learn about it at um, SpokaneComedyClub.com, I believe. I'll look that up for you. But he, he's there tonight. Ticket's still available. I'm sitting in doing the show today, and uh, on the line with us, Kevin Hearn from the 1st Congressional District of Oklahoma, neighboring state to my beloved Texas. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. It's always good to be with you. Listen, we, I set the show up talking about this, this midterm election, which is now just days away. We've been talking about it, it seems like, since the, for years, but it's days away. And I say it's not so much a contest between Democrats and Republicans anymore. It's a contest between the elites and the folks. And the elites look down their noses at the folks and don't really understand what the folks are up against and don't really care. What do you think? Well, I think you're exactly right. I've, I've been all over Oklahoma. I was out this morning talking to voters and last night in dinners and just talking to people. And what you're getting, uh, regardless if it's Republicans, Democrats, or people don't care about politics, people are afraid of what's going on right now. They're literally scared to death. You know, when you look at the Democrats have ruled the federal government over the last two years, almost House, Senate, and the presidency, they've almost destroyed our nation. Not my words, words of the voters. And that's what you're seeing in the polls. That's why you're seeing this massive red wave that even the left-leaning liberal media is continuing to say that we're even going to be on the 230 that was original forecast. Could be as high as 240, which would be a record number of Republicans uh, in in the majority in the House. And when you when you continue to see what they're looking at, you're, they're talking about the loss of energy security that's put our national security at risk. Uh, things like uh, literally the millions of illegal aliens crossing our southern border and Americans dying, and this president and and the vice president and the home, uh, Department of Homeland Security are saying everything's under it's okay, everything's under control. The American people are just not buying it. That's why they're coming to the the polls. They're voting early. You hear this massive turnout, record turnout that's going to be happening. Uh, it, it's going to be a red wave for both the House and the Senate. And I would argue that in 24. There's no leadership change going to happen with this president, and he's going to be under attack from we're going to be pushing policies that save America. He's going to be vetoing them or not signing them, and we're going to take back the White House in 24. Well, let's let's hope that is true, Congressman. But let me ask you this. You know, we one of the things that really – well, two, two things that I think really moved people against this administration and against Democrats in general. It started with – the disastrous pullout of Afghanistan, and then with with that problem still fresh, inflation took off, and suddenly it costs more than you can afford to fill up your car, and suddenly it starts getting hard to make ends meet, and suddenly people, as you say, start getting afraid for their financial futures. You sit on on ways and means. What are you? Where do you see the the federal government going? with respect to how it spends money in the two years after the Republicans take over both houses, as you as we hope they do, can we 
can we slow it down when we still have a Republican, still have a Democrat in the White House? Well, we will shut down the unnecessary spending. Uh, obviously, we got to fund our government to keep it open, but we're going to shut down the unnecessary spending, some $5 trillion in additional spending that this administration has put in place in some 20 months. That, that's what's really crazy about this, Paul, when you think about what's happened in America, it's happened since Biden took office. Yeah, you talked about inflation. Inflation, when he took office, was 1.7%. These are all factual numbers. You can go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics for all the listeners out there, the BLS. And you can look at this, 1.7% in January of 21. And after he passed the American Rescue Plan, which was, that was, you know, obviously very much fake news, that it started rising. And in May, it was 5%. And this is when you heard the Fed Chairman Powell say, well, it was just transitory. It's when you heard uh, Janet Yellen, Secretary Yellen, say, well, it's not a big thing to be concerned with. And then you fast forward all the way to the end of the year, we were at 6%. You fast forward to February, before the Ukrainian war, which they like to blame everything on, before the Ukrainian war, it was 7%. 7% inflation, meaning the cost of living had increased 7 percentage points on average. Not, not for, you know, when you talk to people like, you know, the CEO of Walmart and people like that that, that supply so many goods to the American people, they will tell you that when you look at energy for your home and fuel for your cars and food for your family, which comprises of about 80 85% of what Americans spend money on, those numbers, those three buckets, were up about 20% in that same time frame. This was through July of this year. And so the American people are getting crushed. If you think about now it takes a month extra of salary. So one month of your salary today, it takes an addition to to buy the things you bought last year or, or you know, just 20 months ago. You have to spend an additional month's worth of salary. And on top of that, because of what's happened in the, the financial markets, for those people who were saving for retirement or saving for college, the, you've lost one year of college savings just since January of 22. The market's down 25%. So if you have a 529 out there and you've been saving, you've been doing the right thing, you've not been expecting the president to unilaterally forgive your student debt, and you're going to pay for what you make a decision to buy, meaning your college tuition, you've lost 25%, one year of college savings just since January of this year. The American people have had enough. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, we've got a plan out there to restore the, the economic freedoms to the American people, the personal religious, religious liberties, and, and reestablish our national security. And it's, that, that's what the American people want to hear, hear, but they also want to see it. And that's what we're going to do when we get back in charge in January. When I last sat in for Jimmy here on Fox Across America, one of the things I talked about is people today no longer trust the Department of Justice and the FBI and the intelligence community. They particularly don't trust the Department of Justice to be fair and to treat everybody equally, irrespective of, of political affiliation or station. We see what has been many perceived to be, than I believe to be, a two-tiered justice system where if you are uh, connected and liberal, you get to, you get a pass. If you're uh, if you're a Republican and not connected, the least little thing can wind you in the crosshairs. How does that get fixed? Well, we've already started this. You know, in the minority in the House, you have very little power, if, if you know at all, because the Speaker of the House right. mostly controls everything. But what we've been doing, I, I sit on a, a small committee of about nine people that uh, future Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has, has put together earlier this year to start working on uh, preserving documents in the various agencies like DOJ, uh, like Department of Defense, and others that have been out there sort of misleading the American people to preserve documents, creating a felony situation if an employee 
of those particular branches or agencies, rather, destroy documents. Been getting tons of whistleblowers coming forward that we've been betting you know, in the minority. And whether it's being opportunistic, meaning they want to talk about people above them because they know they've done some, you know, really, uh, you know, things that would drive them to go to prison, uh, and they're going to leave and they'll they'll rise to the top. Or there's, you know, they're actually, you know, we have to bet all this because make sure that they're telling the truth, and that that's important. We want to we don't want to create the same injustice by going after and creating false narratives. But Jim Jordan, Jamie Comer, Mike Turner, three, you know, the Intel Committee, certainly Jim on, on Judiciary, and, and, and when you look at Jamie on the Oversight Committee, we're going to be working overtime. The Oversight Committees on all the, the respective uh, uh, subcommittees, rather than all the committees, are going to be working overtime on their respective area, like oversight on ways and means, seeing how tax policy has been abused by the administration and the executive branch in, in particular, and going after these folks. And at the same time, though, the American people, we hear this out there when we're on the campaign trails talking to people across America. The American people also want us to make good policy. And as the, the soon-to-be future you know, chair of the Republican Study Committee, myself, we're going to be working on good conservative policies so that we have a legacy as we move forward that continues to establish the fact of, of you know things like uh, President Trump had and the policies he had to make America great again. And we're going to be working on those policies, keeping them up in the forefront. Those are great policies, and we want to keep them moving forward. Kevin Hearn, Congressman from the 1st District of Oklahoma, is here with us on Fox Across America. Congressman, you, that all sounds wonderful, but, you know, we expected by, certainly by now, something more substantive to have come from the Durham investigation. We expect, we, we, we hold these hearings, and nothing ever seems to happen. And I think that's a frustration of the folks. How do you deal with it? Well, again, you're going to have to peel back about two or three layers of you know, the Department of Justice, uh, looking at you know everything that's going on there. The FBI, uh, you know, it, it, the American people are just shaking their head. If you go back and look at the the history of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, and all, all the folks that you know have ran that organization over the years, there's always been this this you know this incestuous uh, problem at the top of leadership, and nobody's ever seemed to want to do it. And I think right now when you're seeing uh, you know, transpire uh, from the DOJ and from the FBI is an all-out attack on President Trump because they know if he runs for president and he wins that he is going to be going wholeheartedly after the people that work directly for him, meaning the agencies that work for the White House. They're gravely concerned about that because they know their futures are at, you know, in, a, in a bad way. When you talk about Jim Jordan, who has spent you know the last six years looking at this all the way back to Benghazi and looking at what's going on with this, with you know Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and what Susan Rice has done is directly involved in all this. These are all things that now have culminated to we're back in charge. The American people are expecting us to see stuff, and we've got to do our job because if we don't do our job, they're not going to keep us in office either. And the American people demand accountability. Uh, Leader McCarthy, soon to be Speaker McCarthy, has shared with people across America that is it is the most important thing that we can do right now is to reestablish trust in our institutions because without trust we have no country and it's important that we do so well that, okay and I agree with you and I, I fear that is a taller hill than a lot of people really appreciate because so much trust has been forfeited you know I've, I've had casual conversations with people who say you know if the FBI ever comes and asks me what time it is I'm not going to answer them because for fear of, of misstating and being um, caught in a perjury trap I think the FBI has done itself an enormous amount of damage and in the process they have done the country damage because we don't 
trust the law enforcement arm of the United States government to be fair. And that is a, when you when you get to that place, you start you start getting to where you lose the republic. Well, Paul, you're exactly right. And this is what our founders warned us about. And I argue everywhere I go, uh, as recently as this morning with some other folks, the big challenge that we're having in America today, you know, we're talking about inflation and these will be temporary and they'll go away maybe two or three or four years. We'll fix the border. But the bigger issue we have in America today is this continued growth of Washington, D.C. and the power that it has and continued to grow. You know, I've, I've been in D.C. I watched all the tower cranes. It never stopped building. It continued to grow even during COVID when the American people were suffering. Washington, D.C. continued to expand. And what the American people know is that they're feeling this in their everyday lives. And they saw this with the Biden administration. I think what you saw just a few months ago with the, the Build Back Broke plan, as I like to refer to it, is when you take $80 billion of taxpayer money and you go weaponize the IRS with 87,000 new IRS agents to go out and shake down the American people for a few coins here and there, this is one more extension of, quote, law enforcement that the American people are going to be fearful of. Because what's going to happen is the small business person who's out there working every single day and the American worker who's out there trying to pound it out every single day, they're going to get a rap on the door and it says, we're from the IRS and we're here to, because we think you've done something egregious. And they're going to ask, how much, what, how big a check do I have to write for you to go away? And that's what it's going to be. Big corporations have the banks of attorneys and accountants. So the IRS is another big opportunity. And Kevin McCarthy has said on day one, we'll put it on the floor to roll that back. And that's what we've got to continue to do is peel back these layers of bureaucracy. You squeeze a taxpayer and money comes out. You squeeze a wealthy person or, or a corporation and a lawyer pops out. And that is that is the difference. In, in the couple of minutes that we have left, let's, um, let's uh, r- r- roll it back to the problem on the southern border in immigration. It, it's not immigration. It's, it's a, an invasion. But with the Republicans in charge of the Congress, assuming that that happens, what is a practical matter can be done about the fact that the administration is letting this happen? Well, first, I tell you, if you have a problem with the fence in your backyard, you go look at it, you assess the damage, and you fix it. This president, this vice president, have never been to the southern border, so therefore they can they just say, well, that's, everything's okay. But all news reports, now their own you know, Border Patrol agents have been pleading for help. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas, who I've talked to a number of times, actually led a letter, almost 100 Republicans, to asking him to resign before dereliction of duty because there's no way he knew he was doing his duty. This, there, there is no mystery what's going on at the southern border. I'll be down there next week. I've been down there multiple times. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the people walking across the river. I've seen the Border Patrol deploy. I've been in the helicopters. I've seen where the people have built trails coming from the Rio Grande, jumping over into to neighborhoods, breaking into homes while people are at work during the day, eating their food, sleeping in their bed, taking their showers. Think about that for a second. Invading to somebody's nice subdivision, on the border, next to the border, on the United States side, and you come home and realize that somebody has been, you know, sleeping in your bed, eating your food, taking you know, <laughs> a shower, shower, and, shower, and they've left. Yep. Yeah, yeah but what of- can you? Yeah, but what can what can the what can you do in the two more years that Biden's going to be president to fix it? Well, you can hold the government accountable and use the lever points we have on must-pass bills, like continuing resolutions, like funding the government to fund the border. That's what President Trump did. And that's why we shut down for 35 days, but he got funding of the border wall, and we were building the border wall. As soon as Biden came in, he wiped out $2.5 billion of authorized and appropriated money to build the wall and sold all those assets for junk. 
We have to reestablish that, hold him accountable, get him to sign things because he's not going to have the House. He's not going to have the Senate. That's why it's important that the American people get out and vote, support the Republicans up and down the ballot on the House and the Senate side. We've got to take back of those so we can hold him accountable, because at the end of the day, that's the only thing. That's the way our government works. We have to put bills forward that actually say we're going to fund the border wall. And we have to make sure that people that are coming in this country illegally are sent back across the southern border and create deterrence, not these carrots we're hanging out there and pieces of cake to say, come on in, it's going to be okay. It's not Kevin Hearn okay. From the, Kevin Hearn from the 1st District. Hate to cut you off, Congressman, but we're up against the break. Listen, good stuff. appreciate you taking time to join the show today. And, um, of course, I don't think you need it, but good luck on next week from Tuesday. <laughs> And uh, let's 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 pray for a good outcome. Thanks for being a part of the show. Sounds great. Thank you. Take care. More of uh, Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela coming up after the break. I hope you'll stay. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, taking your calls at 888-788-9910 next half hour. That's what we're going to do, you and me. We're going we're gonna to air it out here on Fox Across America. Let's do that right now. Michael's in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Michael, you're up. Go. Hey, Paul. Did you hear? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Did you hear on yes, Tucker sir. last night? Did you hear on Tucker last night where he was talking that we only have 25 days of diesel fuel left in the United States? Is that yes, true? Yes, it, it is true. We, we, our, diesel, our, our supply of diesel fuel is at historic lows. And what, Happy Thanksgiving. What these, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And what, and what these greeny elite liberals don't understand is literally everything that they wear, eat, use – touch got moved by diesel fuel it came on a truck and that truck is running on diesel and there are no electric electric trucks that are going to magically step in when we run out of diesel fuel there is there it is impossible to understand how we got this screwed up this fast but yeah it's true we are critically short of diesel fuel and lord help us if we run out did you also see fast michael just a second all right say it again Real quick, did did you see where the person in in New Hampshire was filling up their 500 gallon heating oil tank? Cost him 4,600 bucks for 500 yep, I gallons. Understand that. Do the math on that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Michael, great stuff. Sorry, I have to cut you off up against a hard break. Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Stick around. Your call. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, almost it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. And listen, I want to I want to extend an invitation. I hope you'll follow my weekly column. I write it at youtellmetexas.com. Texas because that's where I am. Youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. You say what's on yours. That's why we named it You Tell Me Texas. I'm coming to you from Tyler Longview, Texas, KTBB, proud Fox Across America affiliate. Today I wrote on what we talked about in the first hour, the, the monologue in the first hour. This, uh, this coming uh, midterm election is, in my opinion, love to hear yours, my opinion, less about Democrats versus Republicans than it is 
about the uh, the uh, elites versus the folks, and the folks figured out, or really started figuring out during the uh, during the Trump years, during the Trump candidacy, that the folks figured out they've been getting screwed by the elites for quite some time, and they finally had a had a, a, a snootful of it. A, a, a illustration of that, uh, Senator Marco Rubio was on the Hannity show the other night talking about what the Democrats have turned themselves into and, and, and why we are at this very divisive point in our politics. Cut 22. The same party that has, that's a Democratic party, that I don't say this with any pleasure, that's controlled by two groups, these laptop liberals and these Marxist misfits. That's the core of the Democratic Party today. Not the voters, not Democratic voters, but the leadership of that party. That's who they take their orders from. And I'll be very blunt. If these people stay in power for another two years, they'll destroy the country. If they get their hands on this state or any, they'll destroy the state. And so to me, this choice, and and I'm glad the governor's here tonight, you know, I always say this to people. People all want to come to America. All these guys like to talk about how terrible America is, but everybody wants to come here. And, and then the same people say, oh, and by the way, Florida's a terrible place, but they all want to move here. I think Senator Rubio does a great job. It is, and I love his characterization, laptop liberals. The thing that, that strikes me about, um, about the elites, the, 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 the coastal, mostly Ivy-educated liberal elites that have had their hands on the levers of power now for the better part of 40 years, 35 years, is just how... They will tell you how well-educated they are, and to be so well-educated and not to know anything. And the average member of that group will walk in, flip the switch on the wall, the lights come on. They have no idea how that happened. The lights just came on. So that leads to the belief that we can just simply change policy about the production of oil and gas and force people to buy electric cars, and they'll go buy electric cars, and they won't use gasoline and oil anymore, and the planet will be better, as if that is actually feasible. And they don't spend any time thinking about how will that really happen. And how it really happens is you 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 immediately create shortages of gasoline and diesel, of, of hydrocarbon fuel, that happens immediately, but your transition to electric vehicles doesn't happen immediately, and real people start getting hurt. It hurts people when they can't afford to buy gasoline and food at the same time, and it particularly hurts working people. It particularly hurts single mothers. It particularly hurts black people and brown people and all of the people that we spend an enormous amount of our time talking about how they are are, are downtrodden and, and exploited. It hurts those people the most. When you're trying to climb the ladder, you don't need somebody dropping a weight on your shoulders. And making people pay more for the basics of life hurts people. And that's what is so disturbing about the way this administration is coming at governing. Everything they do is making it harder for ordinary people to live their lives. The caller just before the break at the top of the hour uh, Michael from Clarksburg was talking about, he heard the story last night on Tucker Carlson. It's not just there. It's in a lot of places. You can look it up. The U.S. is down to a 25-day supply of diesel fuel. Well, now, diesel fuel, what, what, again, what the, the ruling elites don't understand is how dependent they are personally 
on diesel fuel. Why? Go to the grocery store. Everything in that store got delivered by a truck using diesel fuel. Diesel is diesel is in, is the the lifeblood. It is the it, it is the the red blood cells of the American circulatory system. If you don't have diesel fuel, everything stops. And yet, the elites, the people who who, who are busy saving the planet, would have you believe that you know, the diesel fuel is bad, the diesel trucks are bad, that we need to convert to electricity and electric trucks. We're gonna we're gonna go all green energy. That's fine, but you're not gonna have anything in the grocery store. That's what these people think. What do you think? 888-788-9910. Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. We have Joe Biden. We have our president. Who you, you, Again, you have to ask yourself, is he deliberately lying or is he just addled and delusional? Either one is bad. Here's a, from a yesterday. Um, Joe Biden was talking about gasoline and the fact that the price has come down off the peak. He's trying to be two things at once. He's trying to be anti-gasoline at the same time he's trying to be pro-public and pro-little guy who can't afford gasoline. So yesterday in in Syracuse, New York, he made a claim. Here it is. Cut 13. Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39 down from over $5 when I took office. We need to keep making that progress by having energy companies bring down the cost of a gallon of gas that reflects the cost they're paying for a barrel of oil. Okay, first of all, and I wish I had Jimmy's buzzer, because I would play Jimmy's buzzer. Wrong, Mr. President. The price of gasoline on January the 21st of 2021 was not $5 a gallon. It was $2.39. You can go look it up. It's about three seventy-six now. Gasoline is more expensive today than it was when you took office. That's number one. Number two, the energy companies are going to bring down the price of a gallon of gas when their costs go down, when there is more supply than there is demand. The way you do that is you produce oil and gas. When you do everything in your power to make it disadvantageous for companies to risk their capital to produce oil and gas, You are going to have less of it. When you have less of it, the price is going to go up. Who is that going to hurt? It's going to hurt people who who are living on the edge, who are living paycheck to paycheck. It's going to hurt single moms. It's going to hurt uh, people who are working barely above the minimum wage level. It's going to hurt young people who are just trying to get started on the economic ladder. That's who it's going to hurt. Meanwhile, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt your son, Hunter. It's not going to hurt people in the upper echelons of the government and Hollywood and the media and, uh, and the and the elite circles of our society on the east and west coast be able to afford a tank of gas no matter what it costs. So it's not hurting you, but it's hurting the very people that you think you're trying to help. And that's where the disconnect is, and that's why we're going to have what many believe now will be a red wave election. And why is it going to be a red wave? Of course the Republicans are going to vote Republican. They were going to vote Republican anyway. Here's what's going to happen. Two things are going to happen. Number one, a whole bunch of people, the Democrats at one time, just knew they could count on to vote for them, are not going to vote for them this time, and I mean particularly Hispanic voters. Hispanic voters, 
are the legal you know, U.S. citizens who are here the right way are turned off by what's going on on the border. And secondly, they're turned off by how much it's costing them to live and keep food on their families' tables and keep their kids clothed and in school and be able to afford to drive to work. So Hispanics are moving toward Republicans in numbers that the Democrats can only lie awake, can only wake up from screaming nightmares about because Hispanics are going to make a big difference. And number two, independents, those people in the squishy middle, they're the, the squishy middle is a lot less squishy today than it was two years ago. A whole bunch of independents are moving to the right because they can see with their own eyes what's happening, and they know that gasoline wasn't $5 on the last day of Donald Trump's uh, uh, tenure in office. They know that. They know that's wrong. They know what Biden said is wrong. The question is, does Biden know what he said is wrong? in which case it means he's an addled old fool, or did he say it hoping he could get away with it? Is he lying to us? Either one is bad. Yet all of this gets back to my central premise, what we started the show with. It's the elites versus the, uh, versus the folks. Those, you know, the folks, those decent, patriotic, heartland Americans, busy as they are trying to hold their own, going along and just getting along for the better part of three and a half decades, not saying much, as they were becoming incrementally less prosperous and incrementally less financially secure. And we're back to then Donald Trump came along. And Donald Trump said things that crystallized what had been before vague, nagging feelings in the, within the churning down in the, in, the, in the gut of the American folks. All at once, the curtain got pulled back. On the elite inner sancta, and ordinary Americans up abruptly and suddenly realized how badly they were getting screwed. And all at once, nominal Republican voters couldn't imagine how they ever supported a candidate like Mitt Romney. And with newly opened eyes, some of those same voters saw George W. Bush, Bush the Younger, in a whole new light. Meanwhile, Trump is loathed by the ruling class, not because of his sometimes boorish behavior or because of his mean tweets, which we learned today may just be coming right back thanks to Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Donald Trump is loathed because he opened the doors, turned on the lights, threw up the window shades, and the lights streamed in, and we could see what's been happening to us. And that gets to this this midterm election. I think it's going to be an ugly day for the Democrats, and I think the evening is going to be over a lot sooner than a lot of what the, what a lot of the experts thought a month ago. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a, a much worse night for the Democrats than they even imagine. Uh, and that leads us to 2024. I'm not sure Trump should run in 2024. I continue to be wary of his personal excesses. But I'll tell you right now, I don't see anyone with the possible exception of Ron DeSantis who can finish what he started. And it, what Donald Trump started and the re- resumption of the primacy of the folks over the elites has to happen if the republic is to be saved. I would love to talk to you about that. 888 888- 788-9910-888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. More good stuff coming. Hope you'll stick around. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Mr. 
your gasoline, man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me. Her brain is so empty. They push green energy. It is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Gasoline man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Leets who are in charge don't care that you're totally screwed. Just pay and shut up, or better yet, go get an electric car. It only costs you about $20,000 more than the same car would cost you if you ran on gasoline. And hey, you can you can then pay about 2500 bucks to get a charging station in your house so that you can charge it quickly enough to where you can actually use the car. These people just don't get it. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America on your Friday. Fox Across America is hosted by Jimmy Fallon except for today because Jimmy is in Spokane, Washington. And if you're in Spokane, Washington or near there you can see Jimmy tonight at the Spokane Comedy Club. He'll be there tonight and tomorrow night, SpokaneComedyClub.com to get tickets. Meanwhile, I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. We're going to the phones. It's Aaron in Waco, Texas. Aaron, you're up on Fox Across America. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks for calling. I had a wonderful conversation last night. I'm a truck driver, and I was in Chicago last night catching a train to go get another unit to transfer with a young lady that had no concept of how this system works with the diesel and the need. Uh, she didn't own a car. She takes Ubers and walks and trains everywhere she goes. And I tried to explain it to her. And it finally came down to I was astonished that she had no idea and it took telling her, well, this wonderful train you're taking right now, this Amtrak, to go to New York, guess what? You won't be going. Everything runs on diesel, and so many of these people, especially that live in these major cities, have no concept of it. They don't understand that that's how their corner store right down under their building gets everything that they sell. Everything and, you put in your mouth, put on your yeah. back, pick up to use Everything moves with diesel fuel. Every single thing. Everything. That's how it gets there because it's more efficient than burning gasoline. And they just have no concept of this. And, I mean, I told her, I'm 15 miles from my nearest grocery store. We can't go without a car. It's not possible. You know where we live down in Texas. You're from Texas. You understand that. Yeah. You can't get anywhere and they seem to think that the buses run and the trains run everywhere no, like, they, no don't. they don't and nor can <laughs> you 
nor can you outside the confines of densely populated areas like Southern California and the Northeast Corridor, nor can you count on electric cars to get you the distances that you need to go. No, that bringing that last point is that situation I've been dealing with here in the last few weeks, we're starting to deliver Amazon delivery trucks that are electric. Do you know what the range is on an Amazon delivery truck that's electric? I don't, but you're going to tell me. It's 150 miles. That's well, how far it can go on a charge. So they're going to have to run two to three trucks for every one gasoline-powered truck that they're running. They're going to have to run two to three electrics for every single one yeah, to then, make their yeah, route. Then the question is, how long does it sit on the charger after it's run out of juice? Well, we have to rotate them on a holding lot. Every day we have to go rotate the charger to each one to make sure they keep a charge. But it's not quick. It's not like you plug it in and 30 minutes later you're good to go. It's not. So, it's certainly not like like pulling over to a, to a gasoline or a diesel fuel station and filling up. Yeah, exactly. N- nowhere and, close you know, to that. Well, how well, are they going to manage this? You know. Ah, uh, well, because they 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 don't they don't think about managing it. They're just trying to score yeah. political points and pander to their base with no real Absolutely. concept of how it's going to work in the real world. Aaron, great stuff. Appreciate you making the call, and you have a great weekend. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fella here on Fox Across America. Hey, it's Cassie Garcia coming up next. She'll join us here on Fox Across America. Stay put. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's out today. He's in Spokane, Washington, appearing at the Spokane Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow night. You can still get tickets. SpokaneComedyClub.com. Meanwhile, it's Paul Gleiser sitting in, and I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. But joining me right now is Cassie Garcia. She is a Republican congressional candidate for Texas's 28th congressional district, a seat that has been held by a Democrat since... The very dawn of time, and Cassie's got a real chance of, of changing that dynamic. Cassie, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Paul. It's so good to be with you on today. Well, good to have you. You and I talked last time I filled in for Jimmy. So in that I period, remember. it's been about a month or so since the last time I was sitting in. How goes the campaign for you? Well, we are fired up. People are excited. I went to go vote for myself yesterday, and I was in line for about 40 minutes. So it's great to see people are excited about the midterms. I think people are excited about this red wave, red tsunami that we are going to see happen here in District 28. Yours is a border district. Your district is oddly shaped. It's a long, skinny thing that runs from east of San Antonio all the way down to to the border with the U.S. and Mexico. So you represent Fajita. Yes, there it is. You represent a border district. You know, it, it is hard for people. The farther away you live from the border, the the more the more you're able to remove yourself from the realities of it. But try to as best you can to describe what life is like in a border town in Texas. So, you know, I know we spoke last night, but for those who don't know me, but I, you know, a lifelong Texan and I'm a wife of a Border Patrol agent, you know, and I don't like what I'm seeing in Washington with a failed Biden, you know, queer agenda. Look, the border is broken. Prices are out of control. And we don't even have doctors uh, for the nine counties of the district don't even have a doctor. You know, we have a 
serious crisis of leadership. We have an unsecure border. We have fentanyl that's coming in, pouring through our, our southern border. I just met a mother a couple of days ago who lost her daughter to fentanyl. She was 17 years old. So the administration needs to, we need more um, attention, you know, to, to show what is happening on the border. So we see bailouts every single day. And I think people, when you talk to voters on the ground, they are absolutely frustrated to see what is happening here in Texas, you know, and there's no attention being drawn to it. And we have a serious, serious, you know, crisis leadership, like I mentioned, Henry Choir, he's been in office since I've been in kindergarten and he votes, you know, half, he's lockstep with Joe Biden. And he's under a major criminal investigation for corruption. So people have had enough, and people are ready for a better way forward for this district. All right, so you're a Border Patrol agent's wife. Again, I want to just try to paint a picture. You know, the, Eric Adams, uh, the uh, the mayor of Martha's Vineyard, um, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago all had a cow when uh, a, a few busloads of, of illegal migrants showed up in their cities thousands every day are crossing the texas border what is your husband's life like so you want to talk about last night in in just the area that he works in the area responsibility they apprehended 1600 last night they're toe-to-toe with el paso texas uh laredo saw about maybe 200 apprehensions rgv a little bit at 800 800 people okay so look so 16 1,600 people last night. What happens to those people? You apprehend them. Walk me through it. What happens? Yeah, so they get, they, get, uh, they, they get apprehended. They get processed. And based on if, there's, uh, if they're, depending on what country they're coming from, they either get sent back, uh, a small portion of that, but majority of them, I want to say 90% of them, are going to get released in an NTA. They're going to get released into this country. And look, they're not looking to stay in, in Eagle Pass or the Rio Grande Valley. They're, they're going to make it north, right? They're going to either going to go to Chicago, Houston, Miami to go meet with other, connect with other family members. So they're not staying in Texas. So when you've got Eric Adams, you've got these mayors that are up in arms, the governors that are upset that we're sending them, look, they're wanting to go in that direction. They're wanting to make their way north. They're connecting with other family members. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with the president of the United States, um, the commander-in-chief. He needs to do his job, and he needs to enforce the laws on the books. We need to be protecting, uh, watching those bad elements who are coming into this country that we're not catching, the terrorists. And that should be alarming to many people out there. You know, I talked to many landowners who are terrified to even have their children play outside because there are people coming in through the property. These are, you, those are the ones that are trying to get away from Border Patrol. You said uh, released on an NTA. NTA means notice to appear. So if I'm, apprehend, if I'm apprehended today by your husband and I'm given a notice to appear, when will I have to appear? Uh, whenever. It could be two to three years, you know. And so most of these folks are not going to go turn themselves in and they're not going to go see a judge. They are going to get lost in our system. And that's why immigration reform is so important because there's people that want to come to this country to live the American dream. And so these people are getting lost in our system. These kids are... In our school system, they're not caught up. Teachers are not don't don't know how to speak Spanish. They can't, you know. They, these kids are falling behind, and so it's it, it's it's affecting our hospital systems, it's affecting our school systems. And so I don't know when this administration is going to wake up and say, "Wait a minute, we have a serious problem here." And it's been happening for the past two years. And I my heart goes out to the border patrol agents that are doing everything they can 
to secure the border. And, you know, Henry Cuellar, who's always gotten the endorsement from the National Border Patrol Council, they switched their endorsement. They've endorsed me in this race. And, you know, Henry Cuellar also voted against life-saving infrastructure uh, for the southern border. And so people says, you know, he's, he's you know, tough on border security, but I'm sorry, he's not. <laughs> and that's why people are ready for this change in this district. It's been Democrat controlled for 110 years. And that's why when we win the seat and flip the seat, I'll be the first Hispanic Latina to ever represent this district. And it's ready. They're ready for a true voice. Someone's going to represent them for their values of faith, family, and freedom. And, uh, you know, not be lockstep and with DC elites and, you know, working for himself instead of the people. He's, he's become out of touch with the district. I think it has been something of, uh, of an assumption that uh, made by Democrats and made by a lot of people that if you're if you're if you're a, if if you're Hispanic, your sympathies are with those that are crossing the border illegally. What is the truth? Look, you know the district is seventy percent Hispanic, and Hispanics uh, we are common sense voters. You know we believe in the American dream, but I'll tell you this: the misconception is. That if you're Hispanic, we support an open border. And I'm sorry to tell everybody and all my friends out there in District 28, I talk to voters every single day, we do not support an open border. We support a strong and secure border, and we support legal immigration, not illegal immigration. And it's sad to see the amount of people. Over a 1,000 people have died, have died, whether swimming across the southwest border or been in a tractor trailer or been smuggled into this country, people have died. In this administration, there's no outcry from the far left, from AOC, anybody, you know, what is happening. You know, we talk about human trafficking. We talk about the drug crisis, the fentanyl crisis. We've got Halloween coming up. Parents are are worried about what, you know, trick-or-treating and what kind of candy the kids are going to receive, you know? People are just... I'm sorry. Finish finish your sentence, Cassie. I oh no, I was going to say no. Pe- no, people are just outraged right now, and so we have a serious, serious problem in this district, and people are ready for a change. Cassie Green, uh, Cassie Green, that's a, a, a colleague of mine. Cassie Garcia, <laughs> Republican uh, candidate for the congressional district number 28 in the great state of Texas, looking to unseat Henry Cuellar. So, Cassie. I've been voting, my first election, I'll just say it out loud, people know how old I am. I voted my first time in the 1972 election for Richard Nixon versus McGovern. That's how long I've been voting. All that time, Hispanics have voted in in big majorities for Democrats. It serves your purpose to say that's changing, but be as objective as you can. To what degree do you think, honestly, that Hispanics are moving toward Republicans? They are. I'm telling you, look, I I said this earlier, Hispanics are smart. They're common sense voters who believe in the American dream. And right now we're witnessing the worst border crisis in history, the worst record inflation. And four out of the nine counties in District 28 do not even have a doctor. And what I will do is fight for a secure border, quality health care, economic prosperity for the community. And I want Social Security for our seniors. And, and I'm telling you, people are just, you know, I talk to Hispanics every day. I talk to voters. I talk to Republicans, Democrats, independents. And I've met so many voters who are Democrats who said, Kathy, I've been, Demo- I've been voting Democrat my whole entire life, and I'm going to vote Republican for you come this November. And I've met, they've already been going out there to vote, but people are ready for a change. And that's a misconception. The Democrat Party has left the Hispanic community behind. They've gone so far left. 
They're for open borders, and we are not for open borders. We are for a strong and secure border. Let's change issues. One of the things that the Democrats are trying to hang their hat on, they're believing that it would be a difference maker for them in what is always a tough midterm. It's always in the midterm for, for the party in power. They knew that going in. They thought they had a lifeline in the Roe v. Wade decision by the Supreme Court. But what are truly, what are the true mainstream Hispanic attitudes with respect to abortion? So when you talk to people in South Texas, they are pro-life. They're, I don't, if you're a Democrat, you're a conservative Democrat, you're pro-life. And so the decision with Roe versus Wade, you know, we brought the power back to the state, right? So we the people. And so I, I will tell you this, going up and down, we've been working the district every single day. I talk to voters. What, what are the top issues when I talk to voters? It's the economy. It's inflation. It's an unsecured border. So those are the top issues in the district, and people are really, really concerned. People are hurting every single day. I talk to mothers and fathers who tell me, Kathy, we are having to make difficult decisions. I don't have a savings account anymore. I have to make a decision whether to put gas in my car or buy eggs and milk for my children. I've, I've had to take out a loan to buy school supplies for my kids. That's what we're that's what we're faced right now. And you've got the administration saying we have more money in our pockets. They do not have more money in their pockets. They are struggling. They are trying to make ends meet. And that breaks my heart. We gotta get this economy moving again. And that we gotta watch the out of control spending that we're seeing right now in this country. People are hurting. You've got the administration talking about buying electric vehicles. You know, I mean we're just I, I, I you know I talk to voters every day, and my heart goes out to them because they are truly, truly hurting right now. You said, wait, wait, you mean the number one issue isn't climate change? Because not the number, number <laughs> one issue is climate change. No, or, it's, or, or it's gender, not or, climate or change. Or gender, gender identity. I thought that was a big it's, issue. I thought. You no, know, and you know what? When I talk to voters, they tell me, why did, the, why did Henry Quayer vote for a bill that's going to make inflation work? They talk about about 87,000 more IRS agents, and that's going to affect and hurt the people of South Texas. We don't need 87,000 more IRS agents. We need 87,000 more Border Patrol agents, more custom officers, and more security school officers that will keep our community safe. Now, they say they're going to, the 87,000 IRS agents are going to go make sure that the rich are paying their their share. Let me tell you what, 87,000, <laughs> 87, yeah, you're going to 87,000 agents. That's one for, that's like uh, 300 agents for every rich person. What's going to happen is 87,000 agents, assuming you could hire them, they're going to go where the money is. They're going to go start looking in the tax returns of ordinary working people. You go squeeze one of those people and money will pop out you go squeeze a very a, a super rich person a lawyer will pop out so they're not going to spend their time trying to creating lawyers they're going to spend their time creating revenue which means they're coming after you and me and the people that you hope to represent that's who they'll be coming after you're absolutely right about that and i've talked to voters on the ground and they tell me there's just outrage and they said that they're going to be impacted most by this and the democrats have i don't i you know <laughs> Like I said, they've gone so far left, you know, um, and uh, I think people are waking up and they're seeing that this party is not for them anymore. And that's why we're going to see more Democrats come and vote Republican. We're going to see more Hispanics come out and vote Republican because of these policies from this administration. They're hurting every single day Americans. At the end of the day, 
For us to want to secure the border, should it be a, a red issue or a blue issue? You know, it's a red, white, and blue issue. It never used to be. So people, it never used to never. be a Democrat-Republican issue. It used to be just a common-sense issue. That's it's right. kind of like you, you, right. you, you wouldn't. It's common sense. You can't take the front door of your house off the hinges. You, You're absolutely right. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's time. It is time for new leadership. We are, you know, you look at South Texas, it's bluer than blue. It's been Democrat control for over 150 years, you know, and I think people are just ready for a, a change in these districts, you know, with fresh ideas, fresh leadership, fresh we're going to get things done. We're ready to, to work on, uh, on, on, on immigration reform, ready to, to, to fix the economy. We're energy independent. We should remain energy independent. We've got to bring back down the gas prices back to under $2 by the way they were under the previous administration. Uh, we had the lowest unemployment under the previous administration. And this, this administration right now is running our economy to the ground. Cassie Garcia running for the 28th District in Texas for Congress. Cassie, if somebody wants to help, how do they do it? We are asking everybody. We are 11 days away. And so if anybody wants to join or help with our campaign, go to CassieForCongress.com. Every dollar raised will help us get our keep our message up in the air. Um, and so and I appreciate and, the support, and it's, Cassie. It's, C, it's C-A-S-S-Y, correct? That's correct. C-A-S-S-Y for Congress.com. Cassie Garcia, listen, good luck. It's we're, we're rounding the fourth turn, headed for the finish line. All the best. We'll see what happens. Appreciate you being a part of the program today, Cassie. All right. And God, good luck. Thank you so much, God. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. You too. Take care. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. I want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. Next half hour, it's all you. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting here, sitting in. More of the show's coming up. Don't go away. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It's Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. If you're wondering where Jimmy is, let me give you the rundown. Uh, starting tonight in uh, Spokane, Washington, and tomorrow night, Spokane Comedy Club. You can still get tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. Then looking forward uh, into uh, into the late in the year, Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th, Jimmy's going to be at the Bricktown, Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. And then on the 16th and 17th of December, Friday and Saturday, he will be at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Meanwhile, if you're in East Texas, if you're near where I am sitting right now, on November the 11th, on Friday, Jimmy will be sitting at this very hour, right where I'm sitting, doing his show, following which he and I are going to head to this Mexican restaurant in Longview for a live meet and greet starting at 3 o'clock. Jimmy will be here in East Texas uh, meeting the folks. be his third trip to, to this part of the world. We look forward to it. If you folks in Longview, Tyler, Longview is a, is a hyphenated market. There are two cities that are some distance apart. People in Longview said, how come Jimmy never gets to come to Longview? Hey, we're fixing that. He will be there on uh, Friday the 11th of November. That's just a couple of weeks away um, at uh, 3 o'clock at Papacita's Mexican Restaurant. If you live in that part of the world, you know where it is. It's um, it's uh, on Loop 281 between Judson and McCann Roads. Meanwhile, I want to hear from you. 
888-788-9910. I want to be taking your calls in the next half hour to talk talk about what we've been talking about for the first two hours. The elites versus the folks. It looks like the elites are going to stand up and give the folks a comeuppance here in this uh, midterm election that's just 11 days away. Want to hear from you about uh, on that. Also hope you'll follow me at my regular weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. You say what's on yours. You tell me. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show's coming up after the top. Don't go away. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is indeed Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. I want to say thank you for, for all, on the text, that I just nice text I got from uh, Fox Across Amer- America affiliate uh, Connect FM in Dubois, Pennsylvania. Jay Philippone. Just saw Jay at an industry confab earlier this week in in Indianapolis. Jay, appreciate the shout-out. Want to hear from you, though, 888-788-9910. Big night tonight in sports. Game one, the World Series, Phillies versus the Astros. You know, I'm here in Texas. Um, I live in Dallas. I haven't been able to root for a championship-caliber team in a long, long time. We, You have no idea how much it galls somebody in Dallas to have to root for a team in Houston, but that's what we've had to do lately. So go Strohs. Um, I live in a house divided. My wife used to work for the Philadelphia Phillies. She is a Philadelphia Phillies fan to her core, so she'll be rooting for the Phillies. I'll be rooting for the Strohs, but I'll be happy if she wins. Listen, glad glad to be playing baseball. I hope it's a great series because... I'm just a baseball guy to my core. Listen, I want to hear from you on that topic or anything else we've been talking about at 888-788-9910. Mike in Frederick, Maryland. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. I think you're on the uh, right track as far as Trump running again. I think the conservatives need to make sure that Trump is always given the credit for waking the conservative movement up. Uh, I I think he did that better than anybody else, and he taught conservatives that it's okay to fight back. Uh, I couldn't agree. I could not not agree with you more, Mike. I think he did do that, and I think he deserves all. DeSantis is the one that needs to to be the primary candidate for 2024. Trump has had a lot of success even after his presidency playing kingmaker. Um, he's transformed the federal courts, and he's transforming the Republican Party. And I think you should just stick with that uh, and try to get an eight-year run on DeSantis, because DeSantis, he doesn't fall into the same traps that Trump used to fall into. Uh, he's a lot more practiced, and when he does something, he's already figured the trap out and laid his own trap a week before he even did it. Yeah, and I tell you what, I'll give both guys credit. They're both incredibly smart. And a lot of times, well, I, I give Trump some credit. A lot of times you thought, my God, what is he thinking? And then you realized he was three chess moves ahead. But I will yeah. say, I will say this about Donald Trump. No matter what he decides to do, run or don't run, either way, he needs to just let 2020 go. And I know 
about all of the things hanging around the 2020 election that give a lot of people pause. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was a completely clean election. And I'm not going to just sit here and definitively say that Trump didn't get screwed. There's a good chance he got screwed. Whether whichever side of that debate you're on, you need to let it go and start looking forward. Because the more you bring up 2020, the more January 6th is going to come up. All of it is a distraction from what we really need to be paying attention to, which is the fact that the country is rapidly going broke, that people can't afford to put food and groceries on their table and gasoline in their cars and clothes on their backs and keep their kids in school. We need to deal with the fact that that the world around us, malevolent, bad people, are looking at the United States and seeing weakness. All those things need to be addressed, and we will not address them if we're going to re litigate 2020 what do you think i I agree with you i think the way to look at 2020 is to simply agree that you know there was a lot that went on that maybe we're not real clear about uh and but we can't go back and fix it It, it's never going to be reversed I, i think what we need to just do is make sure that 2020 never happens again I agree with you on that, and that means you know and a lot of that work has been done in Pennsylvania. They they I think did a great job in Georgia. You know, they pulled the All Star Game out of Georgia because of the Jim Crow laws that, uh, as as Joe Biden characterized them, trying to beef up their election security. It was going to do voter suppression. We had more people, record numbers of people, have voted in Georgia so far in this election cycle. So, so much for that. Yes, we need to be real careful that, that, our, um, that our elections uh, are, are properly run, that they're properly secured, and so that everybody's voice counts and nobody's voice gets diluted by an improper or illegal vote. That is just as basic as it can be. And I wish that I'm going to go vote tomorrow, and I'm glad of it because I'm going to be busy as a one-armed paper hanger on November the 8th. But with that said, I really wish it were still just one day. We all we take make it a national holiday, and we all take off, and we all go vote, and we tally up the votes that night, and we declare who won. I wish we could do that. We're not going to, but I wish we could. I wonder how many people watched the Fetterman debate the other night and realized maybe I shouldn't have voted for him, but it's too late because they voted three weeks before the debate. That is, that is true, and um, that's why I'm not a big fan of early voting. I'm okay with absentee voting, which is different. Absentee yeah. voting is if you have a legitimate inability to vote on Election Day because of the exigencies of life taking you away, you won't be available on Election Day. Okay, fine. You can certify that, you, that you're eligible for absentee voting. But we've turned early voting is just convenience. And you know, I'm, here I am talking out of both sides of my mouth. Tomorrow... Here in Texas, I'm going to go vote because it's available on Saturday, and I'm going to get it done. No, nothing's going to change my vote. Um, I'm, I know exactly what I'm going to do. But on the other hand, I'd be I'd be happy if I couldn't. If I had to go on election day, I'd order my life accordingly. Hey, listen. Exactly. Good stuff. Um, Mike, appreciate your call. That opens up a line, 888-788-9910. Al in Traverse City, Michigan. You're next here on the uh, on the Fox Across America. Hello, Paul. Hey, I just wanted to mention, uh, I think you've got something a little wrong with your description of the people on the left. You say that they don't understand the hardships they're creating, they don't understand some things to technology. I think they understand perfectly well what they're doing. They simply don't care what it does to people. I think it's a question of indifference. 
Well, you're probably right. I think we're probably both right now. I think some understand what what's happening and they don't care. Others are just naive. You just in in, I, in, in conversations that in conversations that you have with. Yeah, I would say that, the, like your previous caller said, that uh, if they have to replace one gas truck with three gas trucks in a, for deliveries in Texas, that they would only replace them with three if they wanted to maintain the same level of the service. I don't think they care about what some guy living in the boonies in Texas, if he has to wait a few more days for his Amazon delivery. I, no, I really I, don't think it matters to them. On one, oh, yeah, among a certain group, yeah, no, they don't care as long as they get their stuff. But, on, but, but you know, your, your rank-and-file lefty, you know, feel good, nominally well motivated liberal who just wants everybody to get along and just wants, you know, poor people to be taken care of. You know, they, they advocate these things with, from a lack of understanding of the real world practicalities of what it is that they're for. And if you tell them, yeah, you're going to wait three times as long to get your stuff, and if we run out of diesel fuel, there won't be any food on the shelves, they don't know that. They just don't know. I mean, they have. They walk in the grocery store. There's food on the shelves. They flip the switch in the in the bedroom. The lights come on. They have no idea how it got there. They don't know. You got to remember that these leftists are are often driven by Marxist ideologies. And in, in Marxism, you have to have the revolution. You have to have the old system torn down, and it has to then be rebuilt from scratch. And I think they see this as part of that. Well, yes, those at the, the many of many of those in leadership positions do. And you, you certainly have a whole lot of, of Marxist tendencies and a lot of Marxist belief, even though they would loathe, they'd be loathe to let you call it that. That's exactly what it is. It is, it is, it is top-down command and control. I think what we're really up against, Al, is that um, we have raised now a second generation of people into leadership positions who truly believe that they're just smarter than everybody else. And because they're smarter, they need to run things because we rubes out here are not capable of running things ourselves. They just really feel entitled to be in charge of everything. I would agree with that. Uh, one final comment for the, the, as you say, well-intended liberal out there on the street. Uh, Socrates says that the unexamined life is not worth living. For them to follow blindly these people who are leading us off the cliff, uh, I think they need to wake up. Well, I agree with you, but lots of people are following blindly. You know, and, and, you know, you, Al, you're obviously a very engaged guy. You know what's going on. You know what the topics are. You know what the issues are. You know what the implications of policy are. But you listen to shows like this. You, you, you make it your, your business to be informed. And, and that makes you, know, you capable of conversing at a fairly high level on topics of this nature, but most people aren't that engaged. And they watch David Muir on, on ABC World News, and David Muir doesn't spends no time telling him about the, the utter chaos on the southern border that erupted almost literally hours after Biden took office, spent almost no time talking about that, and then completely hyperventilate when 50 people, 50 uh, out of 4 million illegal migrants get taken to, my, to Martha's Vineyard. Then David Muir is all over it, and people that, are, that, that consume their news that way and are informed via those avenues, they just don't know. And we don't have an informed electorate. And that's one of the things that's making it very, very difficult for the country to prosper is because we don't have the, inform the level of informed populace 
that is necessary for a self-governing nation. Our entire system is set up on moral people who are well-informed, who, who will then vote accordingly. And we're losing morality, and, we're, and we've got a whole... The, the fourth estate is not doing the job that the Constitution carved out for them to do. That's really what we're up against, and that's why we now have the elites versus the folks, which is what I led the show off with. Al, I appreciate your call. And that frees up a line at 888-788-9910. Love to hear from you. Between now and the bottom of the hour, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have uh, uh, Tom Homan. We're talking about immigration. Tom Homan is a former acting ICE director. He's a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He is a Fox News contributor. He'll be contributing here to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in. Meanwhile, 888-788-9910 is the number to call. More of your calls, more of the shows coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Your calls at 888-788-9910. We're in Pittsburgh, PA. It's Will next on Fox Across America. Hello, Will. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Hey, I'm just calling in. Um, I have a couple concerns. One, I actually lived in a adjoining town where Fetterman did mayor in Bragg. And I just want to let you know, out of all the citizens there, there's a remaining maybe 1,600 population in that town. It's either burnt down or boarded up, and it's in total shambles. And I just I don't know why or how anybody could – Put him in a position to lead in a in Congress. Let's let's play a little a little thought game. Let's imagine that it were a Republican who presided as mayor over a small town that lost population, that declined, that wound up with burned out buildings, and is worse after the the mayorship started than it was before it started. Let's imagine it was a Republican. Don't you think the media would cover that nonstop? Absolutely. Has there been Absolutely. any 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 coverage of that in the media that you've seen outside of shows like this? Absolutely not. And I listen to this show every time. I'm I'm ex-military and I'm a truck driver now, and I have the show on every minute that I'm driving. And it's a great show, by the way. Thank you for having it on. Uh, but another thing about that, they don't get the coverage as, like you said, any Republican that would do the same thing. It would be blasted all over the media, and once again, the Democrats are running the media, so obviously it's not going to get covered as it should. Well, hey, so, Will, I agree with you. Let me shift gears on you real quick. A topic that came up earlier in the show, you might have heard it. 25 days remaining in the supply of diesel fuel. You're a truck driver. What do you know about that? I know that the prices are astronomical. I actually owned operated a truck before and i get rid of my trucks because i could not afford them i'm paying about twelve hundred dollars every two days just to work um most places i'm seeing it around 565 at the lowest i've seen is 540s so it, it's just unbelievable the gas prices and now that we're running the shortage i don't know what's going to happen with anything. Nobody's going to get any product. 
What were you paying? What were you paying on January the twentieth, two thousand twenty-one? I was paying um, mid to high threes. I mean, okay. it, it, it's a significant fifty percent, fifty percent plus Absolutely. increase. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was paying about three, uh, about four hundred dollars to fill up. Now I'm paying over a thousand. Okay, so more than forty percent, a great big increase. Yeah. Hey, Will, appreciate Absolutely. your call, and thanks for listening to Fox Across America, and thanks for putting up with the fill-in guy here today. Appreciate it. And you're doing a great job. Thanks a lot. That frees a line, 888-788-9910. David, Bristol, Virginia, you're up on Fox Across Good America. Afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm a owner-operator, truck driver, and I got some hard numbers for you. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, go. In 2020, my gross revenue was $240,000. Real close. Okay. All right. This year, my gross revenue is two thirty to this point. So I'm, the numbers are pretty close in the revenue. My fuel cost this year is over $50,000 more than in 2020 so far this year. With, what, uh, eight weeks to go, roughly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, $50,000 more. Now, after taxes, all right, in 2020, my adjusted, after my deductions, my adjusted gross income was $78,000. So where's that $50,000 coming from? Right out of my pocket. Yeah, and then when you decide you don't want to do this anymore, and we hear, we listen, if you listen to the satellite radio channels, you hear there's not a single one of them that runs ads that doesn't run ads needing truckers. I mean, well, the help let's, wanted. Let's not, you, you, let, let's not get nervous because they have an answer. You know, next year the federal government is going to allow commercialization of self driving trucks. They're basically going to do away with us, they're going to let the big companies make all the big money. Until such time as that proves that it doesn't work. Correct. You know. Uh, but, but, you know, but say, here, but David. I hope everybody is ready. David, here's the thing. You know, let's say that you, you we're, going, we're going to have a green agenda. We want to clean up the air. We want to clean up the earth. We have a long-term goal of reducing the amount of hydrocarbon fuel that we use. And that's a laudable goal. That's great. Wonderful. You can't. That's a long-term goal. You can't get your long-term goal by hurting people in the here and now. And that's, it's the hurting people in the here and now that gets in my way about the long-term goal of using less hydrocarbon fuel. Real people in the real here and now are hurting because you're worried about the impact that, that, that diesel fuel and gasoline are going to have on the weather 50 years from now. Meanwhile, people can't afford to put food on their table and get their kids to school. That's my problem. It's not that I'm against electric vehicles or against energy efficiency or I'm anti-environmentalism. I'm anti-hurting people. That's what I think. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon up against a hard break. More of the show's coming up after the break here. You hope you'll stay or stick around. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Uh, Jimmy will be back on Monday, just to tell you in case you in case you missed it. He is in Spokane, Washington tonight and tomorrow night at the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, tickets are available at SpokaneComedyClub.com. For those of you in East Texas listening on KTBB, Jimmy's going to be here Friday. He's going to be here the week 
uh, of uh, the uh, that, it, that ends on the 11th. He'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of that week, and he will be appearing in a meet and greet at Papa Cita's Mexican Restaurant in Longview. First time to Longview for Jimmy, starting at three o'clock that afternoon, and it all in between. We're going to shovel ribs down his throat because he likes Texas barbecue. Meanwhile. We got to get back to business, back to the show, and talk about what's uh, really important, and that entails bringing into the circle Tom Homan, who is the former acting ICE director under President Trump. He's a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He is also a Fox News contributor. Uh, director Homan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We've been talking all morning. I mean, all I say all afternoon, actually, not all morning. We were talking all show about the things that that are really going to, if there's a red wave, and I kind of feel it coming, the things that are going to propel that wave, one of the biggest issues, one of the things that that ordinary people, as opposed to the elites running our country, care about is illegal immigration. We've had 4 million-plus people come into the country since illegally since Joe Biden took office. Contrast that to what was going on when you were working for President Trump. Well, actually, it's, it's over 5 million. Uh, we've got over 4 million encounters, right? We got 1.7 last year. They say 2.5 years. So it's actually, it's actually 2.7 in front of court cases. So 1.7, 2.7, you know, that, that's, that's four and a half. Then you got to add the over more than 1 million gotaways. And, and this isn't a guess. Border Patrol tracks, they track gotaways, either on camera, drone traffic, or sensor traffic, and they record them because they're not uh, available to respond to arrest them. So if you have the one million gotaways, we're like five and a half million people cross this border illegally since Joe Biden took office, which is which is incredibly, uh, it, 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 it's not even anything close. I mean, last year's was as historic, the 1.7, historic. Never seen those numbers in the history of this nation. And they beat it by another million. And, and again, I've, I've said many times, this isn't incompetence. This isn't mismanagement. This is what they wanted. Joe Biden ran open borders, and this is open borders. So when Secretary Marcus says, you know, they had a strategy and it's coming together, it is. It's open borders, and, and their strategy is coming together perfectly. Problem is, he lies about the border being secure and closed when the American people know it's not. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask this of anybody who is in any any even tangential position to be able to answer it. There was a time when there wasn't a lot of daylight between Republicans and Democrats on the need to have a secure border. What's happened? You know, I think I think Joe Biden sold out to the progressive left to become president. He knew he he knew he needed those votes from the progressive left, so he, he decided to open the border up, and he kept his promise when he became president and signed over 90 executive orders. And people ask, why? Because I've said to many people, I give a lot of speeches throughout this country, I want one Democrat, one Republican, or one independent, explain to me, what's the downside on having a secure border? It means less illegal immigration, less illegal drug flow, less overdose deaths, less women being assaulted, uh, sexually assaulted by the cartels, less drugs getting this country to kill Americans, Less money cartels make. I mean, give me a downside on a secure border. The only thing is, I think it's two things. Number one, I think it's the ideology. They don't want borders. The progressive left have lost their minds. They don't want borders. And, and second of all, they perceive a future political benefit by millions of people coming to this country. They obviously think they're going to be future Democratic voters, but they don't even have to get that far because President Biden, when he signed those 90 executive orders, he also overturned the Trump census rule. So these millions of people coming in will be counted in the next census. 
many sanctuary cities, which is going to result in what? More seats in the House of the Dems. Well, you know, listen, I've I've explained it this way to people I've gotten into debates with on this. And but by the way, we're talking with Tom Holman, former acting ICE director under President Trump. I've said, look, if you took the took the front door of your house off the hinges and just left it open, never mind all the bugs flying in and all the air conditioning going out. Just if you just took the front door off, it is possible that some very nice people would just walk into your house. People whose company you enjoy, people you'd like to hang out with. It's equally possible and probably more likely that some very bad people would show up in your house and do very bad things. In any case, if you left the front door off long enough, the house would fill up and you wouldn't be able to live there anymore. So I don't see how that's any different than the border. We have 5 million now. I mean, the, the official number you see is 4 million. I didn't count the gotaways. I just count the ones that are under notices to appear. So we got 5 million people that have shown up in two years. Do the math on that for a decade. And look, what do you come up with? So the question is, now that this has happened, and now that we're hoping for a change in control of the Congress in 2022, here in 11 days, and we're hoping for a change in the White House in 2024, with all of that done, you got 5 million people more than you did when this started. What did you do about the 5 million? Well, that, that, you know, look, i I'll be honest with you, I think there's already 20 million here. We've been using the term 12 million for the last two decades. Which, yeah, that's preposterous. That's preposterous. It's not 12 million. (laughs) So I think there's more than 20, then you add the five, and hey, he can bring five more in the next two years, so then you're up to 30. Look, you can never arrest or remove 30 million people. And they know that, because here's here's what they're doing, which no one's talking about. As you know, they're releasing everybody. Why? Because of two reasons. Number one, the immigration court data over the last decade tells you nine out of ten Central Americans who claim asylum at the border never get relief from U.S. courts because they don't qualify or they don't show up. So 9 out of 10 will get an order from a federal judge to leave the country. The Homeland Security Livestock Report says this. If you're in detention, you get a final order. You're removed 99% of the time. If you're not in detention and you're a child, you leave 3% of the time. If you're a family unit, you leave 6% of the time. If you're an adult male or female, you leave 16% of the time. That's why they release them. They know most of these people don't qualify. The vast majority, 9 out of 10, they know they're going to get an order removal. So let's not have them in detention because they'll get removed. Have them released. They'll be in the wind, and they'll be waiting around for the next amnesty, the next DACA. Look, all these family units coming across this, you know, this past two years, that's your next DACA group coming. So, look, the, the Democrats, this administration has a plan. We're going to open the borders. We're going to make it impossible for us to remove them. Because by the time the Biden's out of office, you look at another 10 million people, and they're going to be in a win. And so this is their big plan. So, if, you know, if I go back to administration, everybody says, well, you can't remove 20 million people. Well, I'll, I'll give it one hell of a shot. But to be honest with myself, you're never going to be able to do it. So first, what, what we got to do is, is, is stop the, is stop the, the drainage. we gotta, we got to secure that border. And, we, you know, we'll get who we can get. But this is what they've done is irreparable harm. And I'll tell you this. I've said this numerous times. What we're, what's occurring right now on the border is probably the biggest national security failure since 9-11 because they've arrested 113 known inspected terrorists since he took office. There's over one million gotaways. How many of them are known inspected terrorists? When you take 70% of the border choices off the line for care and feeding of families and 70% are off the line, that's when the fentanyl comes through. That's when known inspected terrorists come through. That's when the people that don't want to turn themselves over and be fingerprinted because they're bad people. They're getting through. This is a huge national security issue. I tell people during my speeches, I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. What they have done is create a national public safety issue and a national security issue of huge proportions. 
Well, you know, I came back. My wife and I had to attend a wedding in, um, in, in Washington State, so we made a week out of it and went up into Canada. And I was really, frankly, amazed at kind of what a pain in the butt it is to get back in the United States from Canada. And a whole bunch of us in line waiting were joking, too bad we're not coming in on the southern border. We just walk right in. I'm sure it's not that simple. But the fact is we're maintaining a secure border on the north, but we have a wide-open border on the south. And... W- why the difference? Well, first of all, they took they taken half the border places off the northern border instead of the southern border, so it's it's less secure than it has been. But look, you know, this is the southern border. You got a gateway. You got a gateway to the United States. You, they come through Brazil if they're out there, if from the Middle East or Asia. They come through uh, Brazil and they get in that way up through the pan uh, the the pan, uh, Panama up through the Daring Gap. And and then you got you know Central Americans easy trek up to Mexico. That's our issue. And the issue is under President Trump, illegal immigration was down eighty three percent. Illegal immigration was down forty five year low. This can be secured. We proved it. The Biden administration, if he wants to secure the border, he wants to you know protect our sovereignty. He wants to stop no inspected terrorists from walking across that border. He simply needs to dust off the Trump policies. And I want to mention this because it's very important people understand. Okay, homeless fear migrants, the terrorist screening, and all this stuff. But let me tell you something. After 9/11, we created databases, no fly list, the FBI screening database, the visa security program that I used to run. We stopped a couple of thousand inspected terrorists from getting the visa, come to this country, and blowing something up because of the derogatory information. On the background, why would a would-be terrorist apply for a visa or apply for a plane ticket when they know they're going to be vetted by numerous databases and they're going to be uncovered? Many will be uncovered. Why do that and put yourself in that position when you can simply get to Mexico, pay the cartels a little extra money, and tell them, okay, I don't want to turn myself to a bull patrol. I want to be the one to get, get away. Why go through all that vetting when you can simply walk across the southwest border the way many others did and get away? Because the cartels will do it. They'll send a group of 200 family units in one area. They'll overrun the border patrol. Then they'll send the bad guys to the unprotected portions of the border. They, numerous intelligence reports have shown that. I've talked to intelligence officers. I've been down there, done, and I've done investigations for 30 years. That's the way it works. So this is a huge national security issue. And the Secretary of Homeland Security, you know, he, he's not man enough to, to resign. He has no integrity to tell the White House he can't support this because it's a national security threat. He needs to be impeached on day one. This whole administration needs to be held accountable. I don't know how many non-suspected terrorists came across that border, but someday we're going to find out, and it's going to be a bad day for America. It's going to be a, we're going to find out the hard way. Okay, let me ask you something else. Tom Homan, former acting ICE director under President Trump, is our guest here on the show, Fox Across America. Paul Glines, you're sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Let me ask you something. Last time I sat in for Jimmy, it was the day after the Fifth Circuit Court had ruled against the Biden administration regarding the administration's DACA policy. And, my, and, and I said on the year, and I, and I would be, I, my feelings will not be hurt if you take me to task on this, but I said on the air that day, the, the, the DACA kids, they're not kids anymore, they're adults, but they were, and I know a couple of them personally, they were brought here as children. This is the only country they have ever known. They speak un, unaccented American English. They act like Americans. They are, by every appearance, they're American kids. They're now American adults. I said that with respect to DACA, that if we could secure the border and know that it was secure and know that we weren't, weren't being misled like in 1986, that if that could happen, reasonable people could come to terms on what to do about the DACA recipients. What do you say? 
Well, look, I, I agree that this, we got to secure the board before we give away anything. But here's the problem. Let's say you award DACA to the 800,000 that you know came to the country no father own. What are we going to do with the 1.6 million that came across the last two years? Family units. They're, they're going to be sitting there waiting for the next DACA. If we, if this country shows over and over and over again, we're going to reward illegal behavior, bad behavior. They're going to keep coming. So I think if they look at a DACA fix, it, they need to ensure the person's been here for a long period of time, and that they, it's clear in the law that it ends and ends at this day. And, and all you know, there's, these this 1.6 million here now that came in the last two years, or came in the last what eight years since DACA was created by Obama. We got to shut off the giveaway because every time we reward a little behavior, they keep coming. Just like amnesty, I'm, I, you know, I'm against amnesty because you know they're talking about now. The secretary talked about amnesty. Anybody's been in here since 2020, really? Well, you know why 2020? Why not? Why not been here since 2020? Why not been here since 2015? Why not 2012 or 2010? You keep rewarding illegal behavior. Illegal behavior will keep coming. I got. I, I'm. 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 I'm on a fence on DACA, depending on how long they've been there, what the circumstances are. But if you look at who the DACA recipients are right now, the one, the original 800,000 that Obama created. Most of them aren't kids anymore. Most of them aren't, aren't in, even in college. I mean, DACA was abused. We got to dig down on DACA and find out who these recipients are because some of these DACA kids simply got on the computer, got an online course or some online college, and all of a sudden they're blessed DACA. So I think it needs a deep dive who these kids are, when they came, are they really uh, 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 DACA recipients or not? So are they are they really children of parents that's that brought them here, or did they come in as a UAC on their own? Now, look, we, we've had hundreds of thousands of children cross this border on their own, and, and, and their parents are a criminal smuggling organization. If you keep rewarding DACA and amnesty, more, more families are going to pay more criminal organizations to smuggle their kids in a tractor trailer or a back backwood back trunk of a car. We've got to put an end to it. So I'm not saying no to DACA. I'm saying it needs a deep dive on exactly who they are, when they came, and what is the end game? What is the end game? When are we going to shut that picket off Says this will never happen again? Well, the thing is, I think with respect to a problem this profound, step one is stop making it worse. In the minute that I have left, former Acting ICE Director Tom Holman, how quickly, assuming the will was there to do it, could you end the chaos that's going on right now? How long would it take to dial this back to what it was on January the 19th of 2021? The parents you have in the White House, you have somebody in the White House with the strength of Donald Trump, you're going to have it secured in 30 days. You would make Mexico re-engage the remain in Mexico. The Supreme Court already said it's legal. You get Mexico to do the remain in Mexico program. You get the three Central American countries to enter into the same agreement they had before, the safe third country. You can claim asylum in any free country. Not, I have to get all the way to the United States. To finish building the wall because where the, where the surge, where the five minutes coming from is where it's not a wall. But that's going to take a time. But in 30 days, if you can re-implement the Remain in Mexico program and re-implement the, the third safe country agreements, you would have 85 percent of the problem taken care of. But you need a strong person in the White House that's going to threaten these countries to do something or we're going to take action, just like President Trump did. Listen, that's a great way to end it, and I, I agree with you, and let's hope that that happens. But we got two long years before we have any shot at that. Former Acting ICE Director Tom Homan. A Fox News contributor, appreciate you taking the time to be with us on a Friday. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, sir. All right. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Back to wrap it up after the break. Stick around. Good stuff coming.
You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. One of the great record intros of all time. <laughs> Touch me, babe, the doors. Hey, listen, Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. A little quick housekeeping note. My phone blew up at the bottom of the hour when I was talking about the Astros and the Phillies in game one tonight of the World Series. Some people think I'm less than full-throated in my support for the Astros. Let me tell you, I'm a Texan born and bred. I'm always going to root for the Texas team. And no matter what, if a Texas team is playing a team from someplace else, I am going to be true to the Lone Star and support the Texas team. So just count on that. It's just sad for me that I live in Dallas where the Texas Rangers play, but not very well. And as a consequence, we, we in Dallas, who have a rivalry with the, the city of Houston, have to support a Houston team. We'd rather support the team in our own town. But that's the way it is. It's that way in football, too. It's been forever since the Cowboys amounted to anything. The Dallas Cowboys... 26 years without a sniff. Hey, listen, let's wrap the show up on a positive note. One of the reasons we have an immigration problem is because this is the place to be. Five million people have risked everything, including their very lives, because this is the greatest country in the world, and it's where people want to come, where they perceive they have a chance at opportunity. So that's the good news about all of these problems. This is the country to be in, and... That's the way to look at it. We live in the greatest country in the world, as Jimmy constantly reminds us. Hey, listen, go make it a great weekend. Thanks to Mike and Josh for making it easy for me to fill in. Thank you for listening and putting up with the fill-in guy. You be safe this weekend. Have fun. Don't do anything that Jimmy wouldn't do. That gives you a lot of room. And Jimmy will be back next week. God bless America. Thanks for listening. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.